Hello everyone and welcome to Inspiring African Travel. I'm Julia and together with my husband James and our great friend Stuart, this podcast will bring you inspiring interviews from people in travel. We want you to meet the locals with uplifting stories. Stories of female empowerment, conservation heroes, guide adventures, and other amazing people who live and work in tourism in Africa. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the journey with inspiring African travel. Thanks for listening, and welcome to our very first series, Women in Travel. In this series, we'll bring you seven episodes sharing the stories from inspiring women, women who have broken down gender barriers in tourism in Africa. We hope you'll be inspired by our very first podcast series. Enjoy. Welcome to episode two in our series, Women in Travel. In this episode, James interviews Vihemba Vasco, the marketing managers at Bushway Safaris in Botswana. Via, she is known as a strong, determined woman. Virtually, her whole family works in tourism, and V is no exception. She's not afraid to speak her mind, and her confidence has been the driving force behind her success. She shares with us the frustrations of being a young female professional and not being taken seriously. But then how her tenacity paid off. V is definitely an inspiring woman. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Inspiring African Travel. And I've dragged here into our studio, <laughs> if you can call it that. <laughs> um, it's kind of, well, it's my office. And today I am with a friend of mine called V. That's her nickname. Her full name is Vihemba Vasco. Tell me a little bit about where you're from, where you grew up, and how you kind of nestled your way into tourism? Firstly, I got dragged into the studio <laughs> by James, but I'm very happy to be here, pretty excited to have a really cool conversation and a little bit about myself. Huh? So first and foremost, I am a citizen, okay? I know my names are a bit offish from your typical Tswana name. Um, Vihemba is actually Angolan. So my grandfather was from Angola, and he was a doctor. His first name was Vasco, and his surname was Leonjanga. So my dad, being my dad, decided when he was a little over his teens to change his last name. So he was at first called Ernest Welio, and then he changed his last name to take his dad's first name. So he chose Ernest Vasco. So legally went through that process, and that's how I got my surname. And then Vihemba happens to be my grandfather's mother. 
So I'm actually named after uh, my great-grandmother. That's Vihemba, and it means medicine. (laughs) So back at home, I'm always termed as the old lady because I'm named after an old lady. But you are a wise soul. I would like to think so. I think I'm pretty (laughs) beyond my age, (laughs) which is a lot, by the way. But yeah, that's me. And I grew up here in Maun, a big family, very big family. How many? Um, From my mom, we were seven. Um, two girls and five boys, one of which is late. So now I'm left with only four brothers and one sister. And then from my dad's side, I have a few half brothers. So I think in total, the people that I've sort of lived with growing up would just be my nuclear family only. Um, but I grew up in Maun. I'm a Maun baby. Um, preschool to standard seven. I schooled here at Matswani. Um, my junior high, I went to Zodilo, I went to Mount Senior, and then Varsity, I went to Monash in South Africa. Um, my dad was terrified of that, by the way. He so I got, of, he's not a fan of South Africa? No, here's the thing. My dad wanted me to study law. And he was like, awesome. I spoke to my lawyer friend, and he says, you're legit. You're good to go for law. There's no way they'll turn you down. And to this day, he does not know what I did. So I did apply. You applied to for, for I did apply for uh, law. I applied for LLB and University of Botswana. But then I also applied for a multimedia course in Malaysia and I also applied to Monash. So I applied at three different schools, of which all three of them gave me offers. So looking at all these three offers, I was like, okay, so law is definitely out because like I know he wants to be proud, you know, find me in court and whatever. But it just wasn't my thing. Um And then I looked at Malaysia, I was like, oh, it's kind of really not broad enough for me. So I weighed my options and I went to study in Monash, South Africa. And that's where I did um, a double major in marketing, as well as media studies and communications. When we think tourism, we think experiences, we think selling experiences to people. It's not really selling a bed or a four-walled room or hotel or whatever. It's selling an experience and just... The amount of thinking that goes into the detail of an experience is is basically my passion. Mm. I mean, it is why I chose the course that I did. So, and let's be honest, it's a lot more fun than it potentially is. law. <laughs> it is. I can't imagine reading through hundreds of acts. I know um, career and marketing. Some people look look at it and think. Uh, but you guys, you guys are kind of dodge. (laughs) You go drinking, entertaining. (laughs) The way you you make stuff sound, you make it sound so much better than it actually is. And we're like, no, we just need you to buy into the idea that it actually is amazing. It actually is awesome. So yeah, I went to school for years, got that. And so here's the thing. My whole family is in tourism. And my whole family, I mean all my older siblings. So let's just get this right. So, yeah. So all all, all the boys, you said one is late. Yeah. So they're all in tourism. Two older ones in tourism. I have two younger brothers. They're still in school. Ah. So we'll see where that goes. Definitely in tourism. Um, But the one that that follows me actually did his um, internship with Wilderness Air. So kind of like, you know, some kind of branch there in tourism. A 20 who's now ideally the eldest of us all, and his wife, then was his girlfriend, then fiancé, now his wife, worked for Wilderness more years than I can possibly count. <laughs> Just go, go say his name again. Attorney. Attorney. Yes. How do you spell that? 
A-T-T-O-R-N-Y. So Atoni and his wife are in tourism. So when I finished school, they're like, okay, like there are a lot of opportunities here with wilderness, you know, tourism is, is really great. Given what you studied, you're going to do fantastic. So I looked at it and I was like, eh, yeah, but it's like, you guys are there. My other brother Newman is there. My sister, who's in HR, is also there. I kind of think it's it's odd, you know, for all of us to just work for the same company. What happens like during tea time, you know, lunch <laughs> breaks, meetings, like what happens there? So for me, it was like, uh, let me just sort of set myself apart and do something different. So I got into tourism actually with um, city tourism, as you might say, very, very different from where I am now. So I started off as a marketing executive for Pakalane Golf Estates Hotel Resort. So it's actually an estate, meaning it's residential. You have estates there. And it's also a golf course. It, it had a hotel and it offered events, restaurants, etc. It's based in the capital city of Botswana. Yes. Um, just a few k's, maybe 10 k's out of Khaburoni in an area called Pakalane. So it was quite interesting and challenging at the same time. I mean, fresh from uni, yes, you have all these great ideas and you have all this drive and now you have to channel it into something you know absolutely nothing about. <laughs> so it's kind of like, okay, what type of people actually come here? How do I think like them? How do I expect like them? And how does do I now turn that into a great message appeal for these people? And how do I brand this experience for people to relate to? One thing I love about my my job is that, or my career is that, you don't really you're not really boxed in. You don't really just stick to saying, I'm just going to do one thing. I'm doing numbers and that's it. So one thing I love about marketing is it allows you to sort of tap into other departments. So it allowed me to learn a bit more. It gave me a lot more exposure in terms of understanding the different facets of hospitality, which is really really good. Mm. So I worked there three and a half years. Um, I met someone. And I moved. <laughs> so I met someone. I had I had a child. I think he was six months going on seven. When you moved? He moved, yeah. Okay. He was six how months going how on far seven. away are we talking moving here? Um, to Kenya. <laughs> yeah. So there I was in Gabs. Um, so I'd spent four years in varsity. So I'm not with my family. I'm not living with them. I'm just like, you know, in South Africa there. I'm outskirts of Joburg. I moved back to Botswana. They expect me to come back home. And I'm like, no, thanks. So I'm living in Gabs for three and a half years. I have a child. Oh, finally, maybe she might come back home. And then seven months later, I'm on a plane, packed up everything, and I left. I went to Nairobi. Not a clue what I was going to do. Again, because of my previous experience of hospitality or tourism in Khaborone, I was like blown away by that industry in Kenya, because it is massive. They, it is extremely impressive. They invented safari. Basically, basically yeah. they invented safari. They invented really ultimate safari experiences. And just to go on the other side and see it from that perspective for me alone was mind blowing. So there I am after making a decision to be the black sheep and work out in Gabs and then all of a sudden in Nairobi and now I have to sit. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine how suffocating that was? It was like, I have all this zeal inside of me, but 
finding a job was so crazy. I kid you not. But was it? Is it? I mean, because your son was what a year old then? L- less than less a year. Less than old. a year old. Like he was going on eight, nine months. So moves. was it not because you know he was young and you were homeschooling and looking after him, but because yeah, I suppose you had a nanny or whatever. Just, I did have yeah. a nanny. I loved that, but I always wanted to do something extra. Yeah, for sure. I needed something to fill in and not let that passion or zeal just die off, you know? What was the problem? Was it hard to get a work permit? Oh, my goodness. I think more than anything, it was finding something that would suit me and where I wanted to go in my career. I'm not the type of person that settles. Mm. Um, I applied for more than 100 jobs at one point. Every time I would get uh, people asking, okay, so like, what did you do? I'm like, this and that and that. I'm going to go for interviews. They'd be like, okay, we're going to offer you a position. It was something definitely not in tourism even at that point. I remember there was some security company that wanted to offer me a job. And I was like, eh, I don't really see myself there. I'm not going to settle for the sake of just making money. Mm. I want to, to do something for the sake of having an impact and loving what it is that I do. We were good. So I was there three and a half years, came in and out of, of Mount Botswana, obviously. It was really hectic, to be honest. Um, coming from the job where I really loved and grew so much, and then I had to pause and sort of let that fire kind of dim down. I couldn't yeah. let that happen. So then out of the blue, I got contacted by a recruiting company. We have a client based in Botswana, and they're looking for a marketing uh, person to join their team. I was like, oh, really? Oh, that's cool. What exactly are they looking for? Okay, they're looking for somebody, first of all, that can speak either French or German. So this is where it gets interesting. (laughs) So I was like, okay, um, so is it based in Maun, this company? She was like, yeah, they're based in Maun, but are you interested? Can I set up an interview? I was like, yeah, but I kind of just speak English and Sotswana and like very basic Swahili. Not sure that's going to (laughs) help. And she was like, you know what, let me just send them your CV because I'm impressed by it. Let's see what they say. And then when I'm in Maun, she sends me an email. She's like, I am so sorry. Um, this client is looking for somebody a bit more senior and judging from your experience they don't think you kind of fit what they're looking for and I'm a very like bold person like if I understand who I am and I I know who I am as a person and brand I kind of stick to it I don't let myself be swayed in easily so I literally kid you not I responded to her email and I said it's quite a pity that your client (laughs) makes up his or her mind without even meeting me you know, just judging black and white on paper. I think with the role you're seeing is in tourism, I would think character matters a lot. So I was bold enough to say that. And I said, anyway, thank you for the opportunity to at least try. Then she tells me, can you go for an interview tomorrow? So she sends me back an email. She's like, hi, it's me again. I sent through your CV and, you know, I, I let them know that you were keen on at least meeting them. And they're happy to meet you. The client. Tomorrow, the client. (laughs) The client. So it's a Monday. I see that email on, like, in the afternoon, I think about 2, Monday. And I ask her, okay, if these people are meeting me tomorrow for an interview, who are they? I know absolutely nothing. What am I doing there? Am I going to sell myself? I was thinking just now, imagine how funny it would have been if it was the client was Wilderness Safari. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) 
I would have literally found out a day before going in for an interview, people that were a company that I've been trying to avoid for like five years, and then all of a sudden, that's the client. Join the rest that of your have, family here. Yeah. That, that would have been very interesting, I told you. And she told me, oh, no, it's Bushways. I was like, ah, okay. So the whole night, uh, this is what I did. So I went online and I was like, yeah. <laughs> It's not really Pakalani, is it? So I looked at the first thing I did, obviously, I looked at the website and I was like, okay, interesting. <laughs> obviously, Pakalani is quite a luxurious yes. estate. Bushways is a more, let's call it, natural safari, exactly. camping, yep. this kind of a product. So you must have been a bit like, oh. <laughs> it was a very, it was a very major shock for me. You know? There's some super high. <laughs> people did culture shocks. That was like a very big shock for me. I was like, hey, you know, from like a hotel or a resort, you get really upmarket. The language is different. It's fancy, schmancy. And then you get people that are pitching tents and you're like, okay. <laughs> so, so is this going to be me? <laughs> Safari bush. You know, camping, fire. So then I, I read about them. I said, and while I was learning about this company, I sort of already going through my head, thought about what it is I could do for them. So I was going through their texts, um, their layout, what it is they do and everything. So I thought, okay, you know what? Tomorrow I'm selling myself for this position. I know they said it's senior, but looking at what they have going on, I think it's right for me. So then she gave me a task. She said, okay, can you like give us a sort of a plan or an overview of recommendations that you would have? I was like, yeah, but I hardly know you guys. He's like, no, just do it from what you've seen, from what you've read, just go ahead and do it. And I did that. And then all of a sudden I was now called for a second interview and now meeting the director. And I got offered the job. Cool. So I started off as an assistant. I was told, no, you're going to do... Um, just Facebook stuff, you know. So they put me on a trip and said, listen, we have a trip leaving in two days. Are you keen? I was like, yeah, sure. I'm keen. Mm -hmm. I went on safari. I came back. And when I came back, I was like, okay, yeah, we're going to increase like the, the stuff you're doing for us. Okay. I was like, but I didn't do anything yet. They're like, no, it's fine. So talk us through, <laughs> talk us through it a bit because there's all sorts of camping levels, like to the point where you can help pitch the tent and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So it's you have a guide and a vehicle. Mm -hmm. Like just explain the whole Bushways yeah, mobile so, safari concept. So their concept was literally born. Like I mentioned from the beginning, when you're in tourism here, especially in Botswana as well, you're selling an experience. And how they sort of narrowed that down into selling experiences is they looked at the different type of people that are looking for an adventure in Botswana or Southern Africa. And that's how they broke down the different styles of mobile or safari. So they looked at, okay, you get your really experiential or adventurous person, like your hardcore camper that's keen on a mattress and middle of nowhere, you know, in the bush, setting up own showers and stuff. So that's the level one type of camping style. And that has very minimal um, participation because what you do is, learn how to pitch your tent and take it down. So for 10 nights, as you move along, you're putting up your tent, you're taking it down. The guide and the assistant, the camp assistant that's there, they do all the camp chores. So the chef is there, he cooks, he cleans the pots and pans. And your little bit is literally camping. 
That's it. Camping cool. and just enjoying yourself. And then you have people that are a bit more comfortable. They just like comfort. They like just that sense of being served, if you will. So then you have a much more of a tented mobile safari. It's like a tented camp, basically. You show up and enjoy. So it's not mm. like your raw bush toilet, mm. you know. They set up a toilet. <laughs> they, they set, set up it up tent. for you. You don't share it. Everything. You have a bed. Yeah. So you're not really uh, camping on a mattress, but you're camping on a bed. And then you get people that are really keen on just lodges. You, you really get people that just want to travel and they want a home away from home, but in a lodge or a camp. So then there's also that style. Where you move from lodge or... You move from one lodge to the other. I mean, all these three different ones, you're always with that one person. And that's the common denominator about safari in Botswana, is that in selling that experience, we look at how to make it a bit more personal for someone. So it's that one guide from beginning to end. And primarily, most of the time, it's always that guide that you meet at the airport until he sees you off mm. at the end of your safari as well. That's nice. So, yeah, that was really great. So the safari, the first safari you did yeah. with Bushways, was that semi-participation? Yes, it was semi-participation. Um, whew, it was in winter, okay? Ooh. So <laughs> setting up a tent in winter is not fun, especially when you don't know better, like to carry gloves with you. That'll help you with those tent hooks. We were in Muremi. Um, so we were helping. We're not, we're not necessarily meant to help on that particular style of camping because the chef does all the cooking. But we decided, yeah, what? It's during siesta time before our game drive. Let's just help him where we can. And you felt, you know, since I work for the company, so, I better yeah, get my hands like, dirty. Uh, you know, let me just get some brownie points, you know, help out. And this French guy, he comes up and he starts helping me with the, with the carrots. So I'm peeling carrots and he's slicing. And in a matter of seconds, there I felt this huge weight on my shoulders. Literally, imagine no one saw it coming. I just felt this huge weight on my shoulders, a slight pinch. It grabbed the carrots in front of me on the counter and headed for the tree. And it was a massive baboon, a massive male baboon. So it literally planted itself on my shoulders, grabbed the carrots, and, and I just stood there with this knife in my hand. And I'm just like, what was that? What was that? I look up the tree, and there's this baboon. And it's munching on the carrots that I've been holding. And this French guy's like, V, V, put, put the knife down, put the knife down. I'm like, okay, what just happened? My heart was racing. And I was like, I looked at the rest of the guys, and I was like, what just happened? Like, is this normal? You know, it was my first time camping that far in that way. So for me, it was like, what just happened? Does that stuff happen? Is that the guy laughed and he's like, yeah, really? this is the real deal. How long ago did you start with Bushways? I started with Bushways in 2017. Okay, so that's July about... July 2017. About coming up to three years Yeah. Now. Yeah. I feel older <laughs> than that with the company. But yeah, coming on three years now. It's, nice. it's been really amazing. I must say I've learned quite a lot from the company. I mean, coming from city tourism and having that break of not actually having permanent or consistent work and joining them, I've learned a lot. Mm. So when I started off, I was mentored by, by Caroline, who had been with the company for many years, and she now just wanted to move on and explore different things. And it was so funny because, you know what, V, it's always been difficult for us to find somebody that could sort of fit in this role. So they had tried like a number of people. And but with you, it's 
it's, it's effortless. And that's one of the things that we love. So they really invested in me because they believed in me. Let's go a little bit into the topic of the podcast, which yeah. is women in tourism. Mm. How did you, when, when you started, maybe even go back to Pakalani and, and what's your view on how many women do work in senior positions in the tourism industry in, mm. in Africa? Because mm. you obviously have experience mm. in East Africa as well. Mm. Where are we now? Where were we, you know, seven, eight, nine years ago? What's mm. your view on that? I think we have really grown the past couple of years in terms of opportunities for women, not only just in the industry itself, but in really prominent roles in the industry itself. In the tourism industry, where we were was women were expected to do more so the handsy stuff, to implement stuff because like we're kind of nurturers, you know, etc. But the men were the decision makers. So the men were the strategists. So even in Pakalani, I would get very minimal space or allowance to give a strategy or a plan. It was kind of set in stone and it came from senior men where it's like, this is the plan that we have and you need to just roll it out. Not only was it a matter of being female, but it was also a matter of my age because I started off really young. Mm. So for me, it was like, we've had all these people, um, senior people in terms of age in the company for years, Vihemba, and this is how we've always done it. And so trying to tap into that was really difficult. So here's what I did. I would give them an idea a month, wait like two months, bring it up again, <laughs> wait another month or so, bring it up again. Eventually I'd have my way. When I came back now, back into the industry here, I noticed that women were a bit more in the forefront and it's the men that got their hands dirty. So in terms of planning and thinking outside the box and what can we do, it seemed more like a women's thing um, when I got back here. However, those women were not in senior positions. So as you can see, even with my story, just judging from my age and the, ex the little experience that I had, and that's why I kind of forced them to say, yeah, well, meet me, you know, meet me, find out what I'm about and actually see what you think I can contribute. So I think with women, it's always been a challenge in terms of having somebody senior that is women to trust enough. Um, I hate to say this, but sometimes <laughs> men's thinking can be a bit rigid especially when it comes to adaptation and trends and changing. It's only our generation that seems a bit more intuitive and innovative when it comes to things like that. But women, it's a strength. It's a strength where we're like, this is where we are, but this is where we need to be. So let us strategize in this way. I think it's doing well. Yeah. I think it's doing well. So other than creating a balance mm. by having more women as part of that decision-making mm. process, what, what, what can women bring to the table that, that men are missing out on? <laughs> well, I, would, I wouldn't say passion because I think men equally have that passion. But what I think it is, is we've all heard this and as cliche as it sounds, women are caregivers, they're nurturers. When I think about the industry and hospitality itself, that's hosting. That's allowing people into your space. That's showing a personality. So I think what women do is women bring out a personality of a brand. And what I think that also means is that it allows women to, to give ideas in terms of hosting people, not only just at camp or in the industry itself in terms of allowing people on safari, etc. But it also allows them to 
I'm really looking for the right word here. It's, it's a, a lot more widespread. But I think if yeah. it's trusting if yeah. it's trusting a woman with that. I can't really explain that trait because I'm a woman. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but it, it it kind of allows us to to tap into wider spaces of hospitality as a woman. There are strengths that we have in terms of understanding. So when we understand this is how housekeeping is meant to be carried out. As a woman, it allows you to tap a bit more than just, it's a bed. Mm. It's just linen. It's just this, no, thank you. We need to touch it up a bit. We need to do ABC a mm. bit. You know, so I think it allows us that space to bring in a personal trait as a feminine personal trait as a woman into that. And one other thing that I've noticed also in the industry is that there are more opportunities for women to show their skills as well. It's not only women in tourism in terms of being behind a desk. It's also in terms of ideas and creativity. So women kind of go overboard in terms of stuff like that. You get very few men that are into that type, that line within the industry. But that's one of the major things that women also contribute. That's pretty much hitting the nail in the head in terms of what we're trying to do in this series of this podcast. Because... We're trying to demonstrate to the world that, as you exactly said, because tourism is a sort of, is naturally a hospitality-driven industry, women are so spectacular at nurturers, caregivers, and being good, hospitable people. And thereby, if tourism in Africa can continue to grow and grow, naturally, there'll be more opportunities for women Mm -hmm. to create a career in a senior yeah. position. So whether yeah. you start in housekeeping or whatever the case is, and that's the big message is what we can do for women in Africa mm-hmm. through tourism is unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. And that's a big part of people who, 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 who want to support an industry in Africa, or who want to support traveling or, or responsible travel yeah. companies just by coming yeah. on a, on a nice trip. You're yeah. And one thing I must point as well, just noticing the industry here in Botswana is, in creating opportunities for women, for them to take up space, it's it's actually, it's indirectly like a mentorship thing in the industry here. There are so many women that I know of that started off as housekeepers, you know, for the different lodges that they work in that are now camp managers, don't necessarily have the experience or qualification at the word go, but because they're so passionate and because they've been given that space that allows them to grow, you get a lot of women occupying those spaces and eventually find themselves in senior positions. So one thing I must applaud on the different operators, um, more so here in Botswana, is that they, they allow such spaces, not only just women, but also local women, which is really, really commendable. I mean, you were sharing with me about... Um, uh, female guides that, that you guys have had at your company. I mean, it's things that years ago people would never have <laughs> thought of possible, you know, because it had always been conditioned to be something that a man does. Even with camp management, because camp management guiding, many, many years ago, it was something that was just secluded for that male figure because they believe that, okay, that's where the authority is. That's where the handling is. But now to see women actually occupying those spaces is great. Um, I've always felt, I don't know, the word empowerment is wrong, you know, mm-hmm. like female empowerment. But I do think it's really important because people that are out there spreading the word about the importance of female empowerment, mm. it creates that platform. Yeah, yeah. And all, all we're trying to do here is also 
do the same thing. It's just say like these are successful out there women, mm. and these days it's getting better and better in yeah. terms of less barriers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. definitely is. Balance is what it's all about. Right? Ba- balance is what it's all about. I mean, ultimately. if you have too many or male or too many female, if you have somewhere in the middle where you can have lots of men and women sharing senior mm. positions. As soon as I went from primary school with all boys to high school with uh, co-ed, mm. suddenly the atmosphere was better, it yeah. was more balanced, yeah. you worked harder in class. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's a I no-brainer. It also thing. just allows you, it exposes your mind to a lot more. Mm. Um, it's just an example, at our office, we literally have one man in our office space. The poor dude. Um, so <laughs> it's like... You have your large ops, and then you have your marketing, and then you have your reservations, and you have your GM, and and he's literally the only guy in the office, you know? <laughs> Sometimes he takes a breather. But he also equally shares just how inspired he is to be surrounded by women, Yeah, you know? So it's, I yeah. guess for him, it's win-win. <laughs> v, tell me someone who's inspired you, a woman who has inspired mm. you. Mm. I have one phenomenal woman that's definitely inspired me, that's allowed me to relate and be sensitive towards anything or anything that happens around me, and that's my mom. My mom is the type of person that would (laughs) go overboard, you know, and sometimes I laugh because I I see a lot of her in in me. Um, Just growing up, she was always there for people. She understood the meaning of charity. And growing up, although we're only two girls, my mom has taken in girl children to live with so she's taken kids from farmsteads total strangers you know kid rocks up literally with only the clothes they have on and she's like right um she's gonna live with us (laughs) so we've had kids and even currently now we also have one Um, but she's actually related to my mom because she's my mom's cousin's daughter but we've had like three, four different kids growing up myself that I've seen my mom take care of and nurture because their families were not able to do that for them. Mm. So she's taken them in. We've lived with them. We've paid for everything for them. And just that nurturing aspect of her and how truly charity begins at home, that has inspired me as a person to be sensitive towards people. Life is about beyond just yourself. Life is beyond just your own personal um, accomplishments etc it's also about what can you do for the next person you know and she's really inspired me in that sense um, taught me a lot of lessons as well in terms of strength agility just diligence she's a super woman she sounds okay. like a phenomenal but if you meet her she's so quiet she looks reserved you know but she's lessons that you take from her are priceless mm. absolutely priceless brilliant yeah V, thank you so much. That was good fun chat. Learned a lot. <laughs> There's a, I want to meet your mum. And uh, I definitely want to meet a few other characters uh, we chatted about. But thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it? Yes, I did. I did enjoy it. It's funny when you have to recollect, revisit, and sort of dice down what you've been through or experienced in the industry. But I hope it inspires somebody as well, not only to believe in themselves, so any young girls out there just finished varsity, find yourself. After you found yourself, sell yourself. I mean, before I went to even get my first job, I was selling myself. <laughs> yeah. You know, have confidence in what you have. And tourism is an amazing 
industry. It helps you connect with people. It helps you, um, it gives you great exposure to different cultures, different types of people. It's a very open-minded industry. So I think it's great. More people in tourism, the better, whatever facet it is in tourism. And it's quite fun. Yes, it is. It is fun. <laughs> well, um, you should be very proud of yourself. Well done. You're Thank a you. superwoman. And uh, look forward to catching up when we catch up next time. Alrighty, next time I'll bring my cape. <laughs>